Hey fans, before we get going, just wanted to send out a reminder that you can head to anchor.fm slash Wolverine Sounds, where you can choose to support this podcast, or you can send us voice messages. We certainly appreciate either. So head over to anchor.fm slash Wolverine Sounds. Please show us some love. Now let's get on to the show. Is the Go Blue Crew. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to episode 105 of the Go Blue Crew, a very special episode this week. Um, not because we're doing anything great, but uh, it's, it's Ohio State week. It's rivalry week across college football, one of our favorite weeks of the season, of course, or really the, the calendar year. I mean, for people who love college football, this is just a, a great time. We got conference championships coming up. Of course, Michigan won't participate in their conference championship for the, uh, well, they, they've never participated in it actually since uh, there was an actual conference championship game. We will lighten the mood though a little bit here. Uh, Michigan's coming off of a 39 14 win over Indiana. I was at that game in the rain and the sleet and the snow. It did everything like weather can do, which uh, people who live in Indiana and, and anywhere in the Midwest, you know, they talk about the weather changing on a dime. This was one of those days. Uh, we, we took it all. And and I, I was in my uh, my big, uh, what do they call the the poncho? Why couldn't I think of the word poncho? I don't know. But I was in my big poncho up there in the stands, and we had a great time watching the you know 39 points and, and holding Indiana to only 14. And and Derek, this was um, you know just uh, the, the latest chapter in a string of, of pretty dominant games. Yeah, it's just, I mean, looking at the season in general, it's been one of the the oddest seasons I guess we've seen so far, and we have no clue what will happen this Saturday. We have no clue what will happen in a bowl game or what that bowl matchup will even look like. Um, as of now, I mean, there's still a chance from anything from the, the Rose Bowl um, with if, if enough things fall in Michigan's way and, and maybe Ohio State to maybe even the Red Box Bowl. I mean, who, who knows what bowl Michigan will play in. But if you look at the first half of the season compared to the second half of the season, uh, specifically these last four wins and the second half against Penn State, I know that narrative is getting a little bit old. Jim Harbaugh said, you know, this will be Michigan's finest hour. I saw something today saying, uh, is that talking about finest hour in the second half of that game? Or was he talking about the second half of the season? And I think it can speak true for both of those things. Obviously, we know they were a dropped um, pass in the end zone short from tying that game and really taking most, if not all, of the momentum into overtime. Um, you come back, and in the rain, you beat Notre Dame bad. You travel on the road twice, Maryland, Indiana, uh, and then obviously the weekend between that, you dominate a rival in Michigan State. So what we've seen um, in this 39-14 victory, 44-10, 38-7, and 45-14 is Michigan's playing well. They're scoring points. They're not giving up a lot of points. But you run into a challenge this Saturday that I don't think any team uh, wants to run to run into. This is a college football playoff caliber team. This is a national championship winning caliber team. This Ohio State team, in my opinion, is just as good as the 2015 team. And so I feel like if you look at um, what Michigan's overall body of work is compared to Ohio State's, Ohio State clearly the favorite. But if you do compare kind of again Michigan and Ohio State against similar opponents, or you look at Michigan specifically again over their last four wins, 
you at least have to think that Michigan has a better chance going into this one Saturday at noon than they did maybe coming off of the Wisconsin loss or struggling to score the ball at home against Iowa or even giving up 25 points in a row um, at Illinois. So it's just weird. It's it's one of those things I tweeted a friend back today and just said he said something about he's kind of gaining hope or whatever for the weekend doesn't want to get his hopes up and I mean several weeks ago I had no hope that Michigan would beat Ohio State and slowly but surely it's kind of crept in and I'm like man like it's possible though I don't think it will happen yeah okay so I need to make a quick note if if you can hear like wind and rain in my background it's because we have this weird storm surge coming through and um, I, I can certainly hear it I don't know if it's coming through my microphone but you're right. Like Michigan is definitely in a better spot going into this game than I mean. You could argue like at, at any other point in the in the Harbaugh era, just because of the way them they've been playing recently. Um, unfortunately, Ohio State is just on a different level, and they have been. Uh, they're an eight and a half point favorite as of this recording, which is Tuesday evening. But one thing I saw against Indiana, and and we saw the same thing against Michigan State, that gives me hope going into Ohio State is is that Michigan for a long time if you took away the run game they really struggled to come up with an answer because the the offense didn't allow it and you could say that the quarterback talent wasn't there to make up for that but Michigan State and Indiana made a commitment to not allow Michigan to run the ball and for the most part it worked averaging like three and a little under three yards per game in, in those uh, two games. But then Shea Patterson's back there and he's finding his very talented receivers out on the edge. He's hitting them downfield. Um, I know some people like to say that he's not a very accurate quarterback. I would argue for as many shots as he's taking, he is as accurate as you could ask a quarterback to be because he's throwing the ball downfield and his receivers are going to make plays. I don't think you can be one-dimensional against Ohio State, but it is encouraging to me that if Ohio State does make a commitment to you know, keep um, keep the ball in the air for Michigan, it can work out. And I, I know like we're going to say it and we're going to hear it all the time leading up to this game that Ohio State's defense is just a little bit different and a little bit better than what Michigan has seen up to this point. But I'm looking at these last two games and I'm thinking that's an adjustment that we haven't seen before out of a Michigan team under Jim Harbaugh. So the fact that they're making it now does give me hope. Yeah. I mean, you look at just Shea Patterson's body of work over the last two games specifically. I mean, you even look at his ability to, to make the most out of the few passes that he had against Notre Dame in a game where really no one was going to be throwing the ball because of the weather. And I just think the, the way that Michigan's finally been able to utilize receivers, I mean, all year long, especially early year, uh, that was all the talk of, hey, where's the speed in space, or why aren't we using Nico Collins, or seeing Donovan Peoples-Jones um, more often, and then it was even Ronnie Bell, like, Ronnie Bell's playing well, but he could be utilized more, and finally, again, against lesser opponents, you could say, uh, Michigan's kind of found that speed in space, um, they're, they're utilizing receivers like they haven't really ever before uh, at least in the Jim Harbaugh era. Uh, and so when I look at what 
what you said in terms of kind of the run game, I, I do think that that will be a problem. I do think you, you can't be one dimensional, whether it's run or pass, but I do think the ability to throw the ball around and utilize these receivers will be more effective than, than Michigan trying to control the game uh, by running the ball maybe last year. And so I feel like they have a better chance because they are just more versatile as an offense. I think that things are finally clicking for, Josh Gaddis, and this is what we kind of hoped and um, think this was intended to look like. Now, again, you never know what can happen. Um, Michigan was the was the the team that was ranked higher last year, and I mean, just got completely stomped. It was a game that was twenty four nineteen going into the half, and next thing you know, before the third quarter is even over, it's forty one to nineteen, and Michigan could do absolutely nothing until they uh, finally found Nico Collins for for a touchdown early in the fourth, but the game was well over at that point. So no matter what Michigan does in terms in the run game, in terms of the pass game, uh, again, I think I'm leaning towards uh, pass heavy offense. Like we've seen them come out the last two weeks. I do think they have a better chance than, than one that they had would have had earlier in the season and two, just years prior. I mean, really outside of the, the double overtime loss, um, a game that could have gone either way and actually ended on one play if called differently. Uh, Michigan really hasn't had a chance. I mean, even in 2017, I think it was 31 to 20, and Ohio State kind of took over that fourth quarter, and Michigan couldn't do anything. Um, and, and with ha- Dwayne Haskins, uh, you were in a game where it looked like with JT Barrett out that Michigan was finally going to be able to handle the Buckeyes, um, even with uh, being, what was it at that point, maybe I think eight and two at that point, eight and four. I can't remember what it was. I just know they didn't win again. Um, but to have Haskins come in and you actually have this glimmer of hope of, well, you hate to see a guy go down, but uh, here you are, you have a chance to to win the ball game. And of course, Dwayne Haskins turns into a star and we all know what happened with him last year. And so they've got a chance, um, but I do think that they're going to have to come out hot, stay hot and not let Ohio State get away Specifically in the second quarter, Ohio State's been an incredible second quarter team this year. So if you can limit Ohio State in the first half, hopefully you have a fighting chance to stay in the game in the second half. Do you remember who Ohio State's starting quarterback was the last time Michigan beat them? I want to say Braxton Miller was a freshman. You're right. Braxton Miller was the first true freshman starting quarterback for Ohio State to play at Michigan. Other true freshmen had started in that game, but he was the first one to do it at Michigan. And I was just, as it feels like so many of us do, like, uh, you know, watching highlights of some of these past games, you saw a lot of things in that game that, that you know, in hindsight, you're like, that was uh, definitely a sign of, of things to come for Braxton Miller because he made plays with his arm and his legs that were incredible for a true freshman. I mean, just incredible for a, a college football player at you know, any uh, you know, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, whatever. But yes, uh, Braxton Miller was a true freshman the last time Michigan beat Ohio State. So if Michigan comes out here on Saturday and wins, what do you think went right? I think that they were able to 
uh, limit Ohio State um, in terms of what they've been able to do offensively. I mean, you've got Justin Fields and J.K. Dobbins, which, by the way, J.K. Dobbins also had uh, a great game in, in 2017 against the Wolverines. It was Mike Weber last year that had the, the better game out of the two backs, but J.K. Dobbins is a guy who's playing phenomenally, um, one of the best running backs in the country. He would say he is the best running back in the country and has experience against the Wolverines. He'll he'll um, most likely after this game be a fifteen hundred yard back this year, and that's just I mean it just shows you the talent they have. I mean their offensive line, their receiving core. KJ Hill's back. He was a top performer in a twenty seventeen game as well. So you've got Ohio State with guys who have been around for a while. But what Justin Fields has been able to do is incredible. Um, you finally saw Penn State force some turnovers um, against the Buckeyes last week. But if Michigan wins this game, you've got to assume that the defense stepped up. Uh, and I think if they do win, it'll be more of a low-scoring affair. I don't think you want to get into a high-scoring affair with Ohio State. I mean, we saw last year in a game that obviously uh, went in the Buckeyes' way. I mean, for Michigan to score 39, I think we probably even talked about this last year. If you would have said, hey, you know what, Michigan's going to score 30, 39 and lose, one, you might be surprised they scored 39 and lost, but two, you'd be equally surprised and embarrassed to find out that they were going to give up 62. I mean, that's more of a basketball score still, especially in the history of Ohio State-Michigan games, at least um, in recent history. And so I would say that Michigan would win uh, a low-scoring affair, um, and you've got to assume that they've slowed down Justin Fields. And then, yeah, obviously you got to score points to win. So that would tell you that obviously Shea Patterson finds a Nico Collins or a Donovan Peoples-Jones or maybe somehow Zach Charbonnet goes for 150. I mean, who really knows? But you're going to have to have a team that's played well offensively, defensively, and special teams. And to put all those things together against an Ohio State squad that's literally, I think, top in the nation, both offense and defense in multiple categories, it's just hard to see it happening. Yeah, unfortunately, I just I don't know any way that this is going to stay low scoring. I, last time I looked at the forecast for Ann Arbor on Saturday, it did include like maybe some uh, rain or like a wintry mix. I think Michigan would certainly welcome that. And maybe that would lend itself to a lower scoring game. But I, I think you're going to need a similar offensive output as last year and just um, hope that you know Don Brown and, and the defense, they're able to come up with some more answers to what Ohio State tries to do. Obviously, you know, we talk a lot about these crossing routes and that hurt Michigan in the last two games last year. And um, it, they also picked on Brandon Watson. I mean, it seemed like every big play through the air, it was Brandon Watson getting beaten coverage or, you know, he's like lying on the ground as the receivers in the end zone, whatever. Uh, those are things that if, if you can, if you can patch those up, I'm not saying you have to stop Justin Fields and J.K. Dobbins by any means, but if you can patch them up and allow your offense, you know, give your offense a shot to go out there and say, you know what, you might need to score 45, but we trust you to do it. I, I think that's probably the most realistic route Michigan has to a win because I just don't see this game being played in like the 20s. I think both offenses are are too good for that. And as good as both defenses are, something's going to give here. Something, I mean, one of these dams is going to break and, and you just hope it's not yours, I think. Yeah, I mean, you're right about the 
the low scoring affair. I mean, again, if if they find a way to win, you've got to hope it's because they've limited Ohio State's offense. But this is an offense that's nearly scoring 50 points a game and well over 500 yards a game. And I want to say like their margin of victory, I think I saw it last week during the Penn State game. I don't know how much it changed after that, but I want to say it was in the 40s. I mean, something just completely ridiculous. I think um the best in the in like a decade or something i saw again today that if they end up um ending the season as the number one offense and defense it'd be the first time since i believe a florida state team in the early 2000s or something like that it's just i mean they are playing some of the best football we've seen all decade and i mean it's only fitting that obviously michigan doesn't have the the championship to play for they're not going to be a college football playoff team they're got about a one and a half percent chance to make the rose bowl i just feel like of course when when michigan finally is starting to look good and things might be clicking uh here's ohio state with one of the best teams they've had in a decade including a, a very dominant urban meyer era and so you know it's unfortunate that you've got to run into a team this good at the end of every season but credit to the buckeyes for continuing to to be a as dominant as they have been and like you said like it's going to take a lot and you just it's hard to see how Michigan could potentially slow them down on offense and then also score the ball uh, enough because again Ohio State on both offense and defense just playing absolutely incredible so I just got the um, ESPN notification to my phone that Ohio State is number one in the newest playoff rankings and uh, Michigan is thirteen. I think I think Michigan is number. Are they number ten in in the AP rankings? I th- yeah, I think they're up to. 10 I, be- I believe AP. they're. I believe they're number ten. So uh, depending on which rankings you consider, this will or won't be a, a, a top ten affair. But you know, if, if you're Ohio State, you're already in the Big Ten championship, and I think you can lose to Michigan and and go on and win the Big Ten Championship against whoever you're going to play. That'll be decided this week and and still get into the playoffs. So do you think there is um, more pressure on Michigan or Ohio, or Ohio State? I, I know big picture. There's obviously more pressure on Michigan to get out of this loss column. But just looking at this season, um, you know, Michigan's trying to finish a, a sort of turnaround that, that we keep talking about, and, and Ohio State is trying to – to really make sure they have a playoff spot and that they're as high up there in the seedings as they can get. So who's got more pressure? I would say probably Michigan, again, bigger picture, and, and even just because of, of what this game means this year. Uh, I think that this is a team that's finally finding their identity and and starting to fire in all cylinders, and I think that uh, winning this game would be uh, obviously great for this year's chapter, but chapters ahead. Whereas Ohio State, just like you said, now being number one, I mean, the expectation from everybody is that they win this weekend, and I think that even if they don't win, uh, it'll probably be because it was a close loss, a last-second loss. You come out and you, you do business like they usually do after after a loss, um, you win the Big Ten championship. I don't think that you're missing the playoff if you're Ohio State just because of their overall body of work of uh, something that the committee loves to use, the ESPN guys love to use. I just feel like they've just been so good all year. And there are there are people that are in the camp of, well, they haven't played a 
uh, many talented teams, or even Ryan Day said today, um, and who knows how much of this is coach speak, but that Michigan's by far the most talented team they've faced. And and I do think that in terms of the athletes that Michigan has, and that's finally uh, that they're utilizing. But it would take a lot for uh, Michigan to to beat Ohio State. I think it'd take even more for Ohio State to to miss the playoff just by losing to Michigan. Because if you look at either poll, a ten in the AP, thirteen in the college football playoff poll, you're losing to a top 15 team. And historically, you can do that even late in the season and have a chance if you can win your um, conference championship game. And the advantage is Ohio State, obviously, is going to be the favorite to do that, um, whoever they may play. So, oh, yeah. So, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, so I just, I don't, I don't think it matters um, what Ohio State does. Obviously, there's pressure every year for that, that program to, to win this game, but I just don't think there's a way to, to think that there's more pressure than what Michigan faces year to year uh, at the end of the year, no matter if they're undefeated going into this game or they're already have uh, two in the loss column. There's an interview with Urban Meyer um, that, got retweeted onto my timeline today and I can't remember the the TV station that it's with but it's like a new interview and they're talking to him as you know a former coach in this rivalry who who won every game he participated in as a coach and he said that like basically he could not imagine losing because he couldn't imagine going out in Columbus and like having dinner somewhere and you know people looking at him and, and seeing the coach who lost to Michigan. Of course, he won't say Michigan. He calls them the Wolverines, uh, that team up north. But I, I got a – like that was just a really fascinating interview. I got a, I got a good sense that he's somebody who has a deep appreciation for the rivalry and just based, by the, based on the way he talks about it, like he really understood how to manipulate it in his favor with his team and to make sure he was getting the best out of his players. Uh, the AP rankings, so Ohio State is 2 and Michigan is 10. So if you want to prefer AP, um, this is a top 10 matchup. So one thing I've been wrestling with just with myself is like after last year, I said I will not allow myself to get hopeful in this game. I just won't allow it. I don't care what the season looks like up to this point. I I will not believe it can happen until it actually happens now I've been wavering a little bit because it's so hard not to just buy in and like become emotionally invested again to that level but I'm I'm curious where you stand on that yeah so like I mentioned earlier in the show just kind of an exchange with a friend from college of it felt like there was no hope for what Michigan could do this season let alone beating Ohio State and so I think when you finally see the offense click and the defense really come out. And again, it's the Big Ten. I mean, we we are watching teams in a conference that it seems like every year outside of this year where Ohio State has uh, not had a blemish, that there's a team that beats somebody they shouldn't. I mean, Purdue um, completely blasted Ohio State. Iowa's beaten um, Ohio State. Michigan lost as the number two team or whatever in the nation at Iowa. I mean, there's there's teams that shouldn't beat teams and end up doing so. And so I feel like, I mean, Illinois over Wisconsin is another good example from this year, um, even though Wisconsin hasn't looked as good as maybe they did early season. But I just feel like when you look at what this game and kind of on paper or just watching both teams, especially I watched 
the majority of the Ohio State-Penn State game. I don't like watching Ohio State outside of the Michigan-Ohio State game. That's the first time I've probably watched more than 50% of one of their games. But it's just even kind of slipping up in the second half and getting the turnover bug, it just felt like Ohio State was the better team. And it was just impressive that Penn State found a way to even kind of claw back into it. And as soon as they did, of course, Ohio State scored. And that's what I picture is there's years where Michigan's led after the first quarter. There's Michigan years that Michigan's led beyond that. There's years that they've kind of gone back and forth. And at some point, Ohio State just kicks it in gear. Last year especially, they were up five or whatever at halftime, and they just completely blow the doors off and, and score like 21 unanswered within of 10 minutes of each other. And so uh, my hopes are very minimal. I, I want to buy into the fact that Michigan's playing their best football. And of course, this would be the year that they beat Ohio State kind of mentality. But the reality is, is one football team is more talented and one football team is playing a heck of a lot better. And it's just going to be probably too much to ask for Jim Harbaugh to, to have this year be the year he beats Ohio State. We will have to have, of course, you know, win or lose, like a, a big picture discussion of what the result means for Michigan and Jim Harbaugh and all these narratives we uh, throw around along with everyone else. One thing I will warn people about, you know, if you are going to allow yourself to become fully invested in this emotionally and like, um, you know, hang your feelings on the result of this game, I wouldn't be totally surprised. In fact, I would anticipate that Ohio State does something very similar to what Indiana did, which is come out and look really good. Um, maybe the whole first quarter, but certainly the first couple drives before Michigan has time to dissect what's happening and hopefully make a good adjustment. Because I see Ohio State as like a beefed up version of Indiana. I always kind of pictured Indiana like aspiring to become Ohio State, especially you know with the way their their offenses operate and like where they where they put their best players and how they use them. So I think Ohio State will come out and and you know be uh, an aggressor, and you hope that offensively Michigan can match it, and then you hope defensively, um, certainly you know in that second quarter, no later, uh, you start finding some answers and slowing them down. So as always, we got to go to our score prediction, and I think uh, I think I know what you're going to say, and I know what I'm going to say, but let's do it anyway. What are you thinking? Yeah, so all year I've I've told you that I've uh, was gonna go with what I originally thought entering the season, and it's funny I was just scrolling through some of our content, uh, and we had an episode about you know the odds makers thinking that Michigan's a favorite to make the college football playoff, and just kind of seeing you know what happened um, after that podcast, and in terms of uh, and then they struggled out, out of the gates, they had the overtime, double overtime, whatever it was against Army. Uh, lost really bad to Wisconsin and and then now this kind of surge up and this upward motion of you know Michigan's kind of turning it on and maybe they have a chance but like I've mentioned before I'm going to go with what I originally thought would happen before the season started and so I do expect Ohio State to win Uh, my score that I'm going to go with is 38 to 28 and I will say kind of off your um, Ohio State kind of starting fast or Michigan starting fast what I would love to see, and obviously I'd love to see Michigan win, but I would love to see a scenario where uh, Michigan kicks the ball, Ohio State starts with it, uh, and Michigan gets a big stop 
Um, probably not going to be a three and out against the Buckeyes. And if we're being really honest, I can't see a, a scenario where the Buckeyes don't score on their first possession. They're just that good. But if Michigan can get that early stop and take that early lead, um, we've seen them uh, blow leads before and then have that not be enough. But anything to have any momentum, hopefully the big house is rowdy. I do worry that a lot of Ohio State fans would be there uh, because they have a lot more to play for. And, and two years ago, they definitely found a way to put plenty of red uh, in that stadium, which is unfortunate, but that's just kind of how it is and how those fans travel. But yeah, 38, 28. Um, and originally going into this podcast, I was thinking that that's with Michigan scoring late, but I'm actually going to change that and, and say that Ohio State um, is the last to score to kind of put it away ultimately. Okay. Well, uh, speaking of listening, listening back to, to other shows, I've realized recently that I forgot to take the metronome off of one of our shows in GarageBand. Oh, no. So if you if you go listen to it, the whole show is counting off in the metronome, like the, you know the clicking, like that. Yeah. Yeah. That. Oh my gosh! What? An I missed that. Slip past me. That is embarrassing on on my end. I I couldn't believe it. But um, I'm also gonna take the Buckeyes. I I think they're gonna win something like 45 30 um there it, it won't be a situation where it, it's embarrassing like it was last year i think it's just going to be another classic demoralizing loss where you're like you know michigan didn't have enough answers and ohio state is too good and we're going to continue to live in this world where ohio state is untouchable which is unfortunate because michigan has been a good football team under jim harbaugh some years they've been great They've just they've never cleared this hurdle, and and this is the one that matters most. And as uh, fair or unfair as that is, we're gonna hold Jim Harbaugh and the program account uh, disproportionately to what they do against Ohio State. Great that you beat Illinois, or excuse me, Iowa. I mean, sure, it's great that you beat Illinois. Uh, great that you beat Notre Dame. Great that you beat Michigan State. But what did you do against Ohio State? Well, you didn't have enough answers again. So I, I feel like that's where we're heading which is sad and, and um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll regroup uh, no matter what happens, we'll regroup. And, and like I said, we'll, we'll have to dissect uh, where the narratives stand after that. But any last second thoughts you want to add on this game before we end it here? You know, and like I said, it'd be like, it's one of those things where you're waiting for Ohio State to slip up. And wouldn't it be funny if this is the year that Michigan finds a way to beat Ohio State when they have, Really, I mean, they have a lot to play for. They're playing Ohio State, and they're trying to control a, a narrative of the future of, of Harbaugh and the program. But you don't have a Big Ten championship to play for. You're not in the college football playoff running, and you find a way to beat the Buckeyes. I mean, how fitting, and, and hopefully that's what we see uh, and give us something to be excited about for a change at the end of November. And and, and lastly, actually, it's, it's, you know, Thanksgiving for a lot of people. I don't want to speak for everybody. But for me, I love Thanksgiving. I love the food. I love just getting together with family. You know, I love maybe sometimes most just having a break from work. It's always a little sad now that the game's been pushed back behind Thanksgiving year to year. When you have that great Thursday, you're eating all the leftovers Friday. Um, Lions fan like me, you know, you're used to the Lions losing, and then you just have to watch that Michigan-Ohio State game and, and just hope that they don't get blown out. And that's just... I would love to hope and feel confident about a win for once. And so, you know, Tyler, maybe they'll surprise us this weekend. Yeah, certainly feel free to hope. Uh, well, we're all hoping for a win. Yeah, but feel free to 
fully invest yourself in this thing as I may bring myself to do, but as of now, I'm I'm doing my best to resist those urges because I've been hurt one too many times. My heart has been broken one too many times. I'm scared to go back there. So Michigan, Ohio State, noon on Fox. College game day will not be there. They'll be at, at Minnesota, Wisconsin. So maybe that'll take a little bit of uh, of the national spotlight off of this thing and, and make it more like a uh, like a backyard brawl. Who knows? But uh, we'll be hoping for a Michigan win so we can finally talk about something positive when it comes to this rivalry. So thanks for listening, and go Blue. Go Blue.